Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast. This is Liam O'Brien and here is my thought for today. I want to pick up about encouraging around doing process well. I shared in the first part of this podcast about Joseph and his seasons and covered off his first season in his father's house and the importance of having his identity formed and in our own lives knowing or having the foundation of our identity, knowing who we are as sons and, and of the Most High, and how we are loved by our Father and how to appropriate that. And then covered off his season as a slave in Potiphar's house and the importance of what he learnt there around agriculture and land management. Uh, so beyond the parts that we generally know and read about the being, just having favour whilst being in a Potiphar's house. So I want to move to part three, which is the prison. So he's he's been a slave in Potiphar's house. He's falsely accused of rape, and in turn, he's thrown into prison. I'll pick it up in Genesis 39:20, where it says, Then Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. So we see, or in other another sorry, another version we see. Uh, where the king's prisoners are held or their remain or the king's prison. There's different versions, translations of what they say around uh, 3920, Genesis 3920. And to continue on there, and but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor inside of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. The keeper of the prisoner did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, he made it prosper. So we see this picture where he's been falsely accused of rape. His former master, Potiphar, has thrown him in prison and he's again finding favor in prison. But I want to just camp here for a moment on where it defines the king's prison or the king's prisoners were confined or it talks about, um, yeah, the king's prisoners were held. And the other thing too, you know, it's a bit of a side note and a bit of a side study, but it's, it says um, who Potiphar actually was when it says in Genesis 39.1, he was the captain of the, of the guard, an officer of Pharaoh. So we see that he's gone into prison, but it's the king's prison. And this is highlighted by the fact of the prisoners that the scripture does talk about are Pharaoh's personal butler and baker. So given he's in the king's prison and we know that his other, we know that other king's officials are in there. I'd like to sort of synopsize, synopsize that we've got, here he is. It looks like he's taken a step backwards well, he's been thrown into prison. He was, you know, he looked like he was in a pretty good place in Potiphar's house, even though he's a slave, but he's overseeing everything. Next thing, well, you know, he's gone even backwards. But I'd like to propose that he's actually moved forward. And why I mean that is now he's going, gone to or shifting seasons where he's really mixing with some people who, you know, were closest to Pharaoh and would have known the inner workings of the king's palace of how the kingdom worked or how the government worked of that day and rubbing 
or let's possibly put it in a modern day term, you know, he could have been in prison with, you know, the senators or congressmen or those sort of levels of officials who had a really inside track and knew the inner workings of the government. So he's gone from a season of being a slave to a season of being a prisoner. However, being in the king's prison, which is clearly stated in scripture, just doesn't say he just was thrown in prison uh, like it does to many other people in the Bible. It clearly defines the king's prison. You know, he could have easily learnt from the people he was with and seeing the sort of inside information in the government, the political system, the royal protocols, the government structure, the government protocols, uh, the government operations, the fiscal management, some of the terminology that they use uh, within the government, how they dress, how they carry themselves within within that space. So here he is in a season where, yes, he's a prisoner, but the people he's mixing with on a day-to-day basis are king's prisoners or where the king's um or where, yeah where the king's prisoners are held and where he's able to learn this information and i think this becomes very key when we start to look at his next season is what he's learned in this season and how that's able to stack into culminating in his uh, final season so before we move on i just want to uh just reiterate, so he's learned agricultural land management, grain management, cattle management, etc. in an agricultural-based society in part of his house. He's moved to the prison and rubbing shoulders with the king's prisoners, and we can see some caliber of that from the butler and the baker. And he's possibly learned the political structure, the royal protocols, etc. So he's had sort of two very distinct but different seasons there. And then... Just one thing I'll point out before we move on to the next one is Genesis 40:14, and where he has interpreted the dreams of the butler and the baker, and he's said to them, remember me when all is well with you. Please show me kindness and make mention of me to Pharaoh and get me out of this house or get me out of prison. So we see an effort. We see, look, I'm here. I don't want to be here. Get me out of here. Please make mention of me to Pharaoh. And we can sort of see there's still some maturity, there's still sort of some self-effort or not relaxing in the process that he's in and trusting the Lord in this. So then he has a dream, in, uh, Pharaoh has a dream, and his transition from the prison to governing Egypt is the dream interpretation and also the suggestion to Pharaoh that Pharaoh then adopts. So to move into his fourth season, we see Pharaoh, who at the time was the leader of the most powerful nation on the, t- on the planet. You would have to say he's a reasonably smart man governing that. And so he's had this dream that he's he, no one's been able to interpret. And then he, one of his servants says to him, hey, look, I remember this guy I was in prison with, Joseph. He can interpret dreams. So, jo- so Pharaoh says, look, get him and bring him before me. And that's what Scripture says. However, anyone who is governing a nation of that size, he would have had many officers and servants and that around him who would have done a quick background check. To, and Pharaoh would have wanted to know, look, to find out who this actual Joseph person is and can I trust him. He would have had one of his um, officials or officers gone off and just done some quick background checks to check if I can trust him. And 
the words that would have possibly come back to him is yes he you know part of his house he was overseeing everything you know you know the guy was accused of rape and then he was in prison but the prison you know look he was overseeing everything there so he has a level of credibility before he even stands before pharaoh because no one of pharaoh's power or position wouldn't have you know five minutes of background checks wouldn't have done that that's just not prudent for anyone who's in that sort of position so he gets before pharaoh and he says look right this is the meaning of your dream you're going to have seven prosperous years uh, followed by seven years of famine so he has he has done what pharaoh's asked him to come and interpret my dream but genesis 41 33 really shifts gears and this is i'll read it to you and just hear what joseph's saying this so he's he's told him the dream but then he says now therefore let pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of egypt let pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land in the seven plentiful years and let him gather all the food of those years that are coming and store up under the authority of pharaoh and let them keep the food in the cities then that food that shall be reserved for the land for the seven years of famine which shall be in the land of egypt that the land shall not perish so he said to pharaoh look now this is what you want to do and he's given pharaoh a strategy based on we can see there's multiple layers there's a layers of this strategy we can see there's an agricultural part of the strategy we're saying hey look store away one-fifth you know store it in this sort of fashion and then distribute it out to carry you across those seven years of famine and with you know and there's a governmental part of it too where he says you know let him point officers over the land to actually implement this as well so what i see here when i was reading this and studying and trying to understand it for my own journey which i encourage everyone for their own for their journey is the lord can take us through different seasons and we can see that had joseph not had the season in part of his house where we where we was really running some a decent agricultural operation had he not had the time in prison to be able to understand maybe the inner workings of the government to be able to present a strategy and i'm sure we read a few lines of this there could have been weeks of dialogue going back and forth about the actual implementation where joseph was you know expanding the long version the long format version of this strategy that we read in a few lines of scripture but both of those seasons enabled him to have a platform to provide a strategy from competence and i firmly believe if you take away one of those seasons or both of those seasons he would not have been in the position to do that like had he not had the time in potiphar's house had he not had that time in prison i really wonder if he would have been given that position and you know pharaoh is the leader of the most powerful nation at the time he wasn't going to put someone in there who could i don't believe who could just interpret dreams they had to be able to lead have the leadership skills have the be able to see strategically what needs to be done to be able to actually implement that in genesis 31 sorry 41 37 says so the advice was good in the eyes of pharaoh and the eyes of all his servants 
And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such one as this, a man whom has, who is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, In so much as God has shown you all this, is there anyone as discerning as or as wise as you? And then made him basically governor over his whole house. And as we sort of read this, you know, he's gone through these seasons and we we could celebrate his position he arose to. But those, like, I really feel from my research and my studying of this and just sitting on it was that, first of all, the three distinct seasons enabled him to walk in that. So his season in his father's house where he learned identity, followed by the agricultural season in part of his house, followed by, say, the political season where he's learning that in the prison. He was then able to bring all three of those together and stand in the position of the, the you know, one of the most powerful men in Egypt, only under Pharaoh at that stage. So I want to encourage everyone that yeah, the Lord is wanting to work in our lives and teach us and train us and equip us. And often we can stand there and not know what's under, not not know what's going on or understand what's going on. And I really believe in Joseph's life as he was going through that, he would not have known that, you know, what I'm learning for agriculture now in X amount of years is going to enable me to be in the position or what I'm learning in prison now is going to enable me to work into the position position that i'll walk into same in our lives we're not necessarily going to know what it's building to but but i really encourage everyone to and say is learn to relax in the seasons father i trust you lord what is it you want me to learn in here what what is it that you're wanting to grow and the stretching and expanding the struggles that shape us and cause us to our foundations to be rooted in him often aren't fun they're not joyful they're painful or is the sort of saying that goes you know the richest soils found in the valleys of our lives the mountaintops not a lot of vegetation grows on the top of mountains really when you look at some of the highest mountains in the world they have very little vegetation but the the richness the richest soil is found in the valleys and we don't necessarily like or enjoy the valleys but as we grow in him they're an incredible part of our journey. They're part that shapes us and makes us and enables the Lord to use those things that we go through in our lives in the future in some way. Nothing's ever wasted that we go through with the Lord. So just, yeah, that, that's all I really wanted to encourage people around about was you know how to do process well and relax in that. And I've often just say to myself is lord what are you wanting to teach me in this season what is it you want me to learn asking that on a regular basis and relaxing in this and i may not understand it and i may not enjoy it but i know that you're working for something bigger i'm just going to relax in this and we see in genesis 45 5 and where joseph's heart's actually been able to shift and see the bigger picture where he states but now do not He's talking to his brothers and he states, But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here, being sold here to Egypt. For God sent me before you to preserve life or to preserve your lives. So he's been able to relax in and say, oh, Okay, this is the bigger picture that you're working for. 
okay, this all makes sense. And as I stated with the uh, the first part about some of my own story and when I was struggling a little bit in this 2007 and was lo- was drawn to study some of Joseph, when I was looking around, I was seeing some of those people getting promotions and that, and I thought, look, I'm doing very similar work. It's not really looking the same for me. But fast forward four years, five years, quite a few of those people end up working for me for the role, the position that I came into under another company. And to see that was, okay, Lord, I just, I see your goodness. I see your faithfulness again. And through my own seasons where it's just been constant, like multiple years of absolute stretching and expanding and capacity, going, Lord, this is painful. This hurts. When do I get to relax? I've been able to now in some of those seasons look back and go where I can now just give a word of wisdom or I can understand a leadership concept or understand something because this, what the Lord's brought me through has been completely invaluable. So again, I encourage everyone, whatever you're going through or whenever you're just going, Lord, this, this stretching, this expanding hurts is just to keep, Lord, I relax in this. Help me to learn what it is you want me to learn what it is you want me to grow. And sometimes we can get so spiritual about it, but I encourage people, sometimes it can be a very practical element to, like I I see in Joseph's journey, learning agriculture and land management. That's more of a practical element than, you know, so far as a character or a spiritual development. And I think sometimes the Lord will work, the spiritual or character, sometimes he'll work very practical. But if we can be students of either and relax in those i think it's very important for our walk and it gives us faith and we can do process at rest which is a really important way to be able to do it so i'll leave you with those and thank you and i really just pray that anything you're going through is just father what are you trying to teach me and relax in the process shalom